helpless in a maiden's arms and pressed against her heart while sheep and cattle raised their voice the babe could speak no words the ever-flowing spring of joy had come to share our Oh. 
Salvation has 
church. Good morning, church. There we go. <clears throat> Let's begin our worship this morning by reading some scripture together uh, as one body. Please stand. You are the light of the world. A city sustained on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven.
be here this morning. Absolutely. Let's continue our worship with Oh Praise the Name.
seated. Hebron Baptist Church, we exist to glorify God by inviting every person to take their next steps toward Christ. My name is Alan, and it is such a joy to worship with you all today. If you are a guest with us today, we want to extend a special welcome to you. We're so glad that you're here. Thank you for coming. We would love to get to know you, and one way that we can do that is if you would fill out a card that looks like this. It's our Connect card. This is right in front of you in the pew. If you'll fill that out, that'll let us know how we can be praying for you and serving you. After service, if you leave through these central doors, you can turn left. You'll see our Next Steps desk there, and there you can turn that Connect card in, meet a person who'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have, and give you a free gift. So welcome to our guests. As always, we like to encourage our faithful worship through giving. And if you'd like to give, there's a few ways that you can do that. One way is by taking a card that looks like this. This is our online giving card. You can scan that QR code. It'll take you to our online giving page. If you prefer to give in person, there are black boxes on the back wall here in the sanctuary you can put a gift in. You can also write to P.O. Box 92, Hebron, Kentucky, 41048. Or you can come into the office Monday through Thursday, 9 to 430, or Friday, 9 to noon. Well, we're going to transition now to a moment of prayer. I invite you to please... Pray with me. Good morning, Father. We thank you so much for this winter day of life that you've given to us. And this morning, we want to pray for our core value of meaningful membership. Lord, we, we thank you so much for the gift of the local church that you invite us to be a part of. We thank you for your beautiful design of a local church. Thank you that we don't have to go through this life alone, but that you have given us each other to go through the joys and sorrows of life together. Thank you for the diversity of gifts and personalities that you have brought together here in Hebron Baptist Church. You have given us so many different giftings and like a puzzle made of different pieces. You piece each of us together to serve others as a family with the good news of Jesus. Lord, please help us as members to serve, to love, and to submit to one another as we seek to fulfill your mission together. And God, we pray not only this morning for ourselves, but we pray for Steve Messersmith and Chiswick Baptist Church across the world in London as they worship you today. Thank you for this body of believers. We ask that you would bless this body with the, the refreshment of meaningful membership that you would bless their local church with love as they go through life together, support, and help. Lord, we pray that you would empower this local church to be a bright light for you in a place where so many different people groups have come together to do life. Please use them in a mighty way and let your gospel spread to the ends of the earth through their influence. We pray also, Lord, uh, a little closer to home for the New Hope Center, Preg Pregnancy Care Center, as we're now collecting a uh, little change and money in the, the baby bottles that we have here. Would you please use the collection of money here for a major impact? And would you please bless the New Hope Center, Lord, as, as they give services to ladies who are expecting and to, and to those who need resources after babies are born, please use this center for your glory and let life be known and be loved. We pray, Lord, for the health concerns in our midst. We pray for those experiencing COVID, Lord. We ask that you would bring healing, quick healing. We pray also for those with other health concerns. We think of Linda Davis, 
God, please be with her and her family. We pray for healing and your presence there in that situation. We pray for Tim Witcher as he's home recuperating from surgery. God, please be close to him. Use us as a body of believers to love him and support him. Please bless Tim now. Finally, Lord, we come to you with our greatest need, the gift of forgiveness. Lord, we have sinned this past week, this morning. We have sinned in so many ways, from pride to laziness to lust and on and on. Lord, we ask that you would forgive us, and we thank you for the death of Jesus, a sacrifice in our place, that he would take our place, that he would die and rise again. Lord, we pray that we would be washed in his blood and given the power to live more for you through his resurrection. We praise you, continue to worship you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark, for that. Our next song is entitled Mighty to Save. Let's stand as we continue to, as we continue to worship the Almighty God. Savior. 
Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen
I know him. So um, that's what we're called to do. Well, it's a learning experience, and I personally think it'd be a blessing doing that to go out and being able to acknowledge that someone was waiting to hear from you, or maybe they were encouraged by what you had to say. Um, we don't know. It might have been a person that was contemplating taking their life, and all of a sudden you knock on their door. And I've heard stories like that too, but you know, I think there's a reason and a mission that we're all called to do. Not everybody's outspoken, but we all have a gift. We all have something we can share with somebody that has a need. Good morning. I'm Pastor Sean. Turning your copy of God's Word to Acts chapter 16 and verse 11. Acts chapter 16 and verse 11. It's page 983 in the Pew Bible that's in front of you if you want to use that and walk along in the same translation that I will be preaching from this morning. 983. So the last few weeks we've been going and answering the question, what's next? And, and thinking through in 2022, what's next for us as as a, a Christian? What is God calling me next to do? What, how am I to be faithful? How might I uh, what's the next thing for me to do in my step in my walk with Jesus? And, and as a church, are we focused on the thing that's most important and most vital for us as a church? Coming through a pandemic, coming out of pandemic, whatever you want to look at it, what is next for us? We don't want to remain stagnant. We want to do what God has called us. In the last few weeks, two weeks ago, we talked about taking that next step into a life group. And many people have done that. I've heard that we've had some people visit life groups over the last few weeks. That's your next step if you haven't done so. Or last week we talked about uh, what is your next step in going on mission with your partner. That was the the focus of last week, and we had a, a meal last week as we talked about our partners and how we might be able to be involved in that. And today, we're going to look and be challenged by God's Word in our pathway to be reminded, to be equipped, to be challenged, that we might multiply through gospel conversations. In this passage, there's a, is a, a, a part of Paul's ministry that we get a a display or an example of Paul coming alongside and speaking the truth in someone's life. So let's read that together. That's Acts chapter 16, verse 11, and we'll read to verse 15. From Troas, we put out to sail and sailed straight for Samothrace, the next day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, a Roman colony and a leading city of the district of Macedonia. We stayed in that city for several days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the city gate by the river where we were expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and spoke to the women gathered there. A God-fearing woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Theotira, was listening. The Lord opened her heart to respond to what Paul was saying. And after she and her whole household were baptized, she urged us, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. And she persuaded us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, this morning, I pray that you would use your word and the work of the Spirit to change each of our lives, starting with my own. 
Heavenly Father, we are challenged by your word because we know that it is the authority of our life and that in it is truth and that in it is life. God, if we want to follow you faithfully and follow your son and be more like him, we want to be more like the words you have given us. So God, as we come to it this morning, convict, teach, instruct, rebuke, but change us, Lord. Change us. In Jesus' name, amen. I have to admit something that I admitted to my life group this past week, uh, that um, when I go into a conversation with someone that I have not met prior, one of the last things that I do, actually try to avoid if possible, is tell them what I do for a living. Because as soon as I say I'm a pastor, the response is, and you can see it in their face, it's like someone says, shields to full capacity. You know, they just pull them up because they don't want to talk, engage. They know that, the, you know, that, oh gosh, this might be a Bible thumper and, 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 and they're going to come after you. Know, this guy's going to come after me. And so I try to talk, engage, get there before they find out and have a gospel conversation before them. One thing I didn't admit to my life group was that uh, not too many months ago that I engaged with someone who was uh, who uh, I didn't know very well, and um, and it came about, you know, it slipped out. They, that was the first thing. Hey, what what do you do? Well, I, I mean, I can't lie. Uh, I don't say I'm, you know, well, I'm not going to say what make some joke. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't lie at that point, so I had to say I'm a pastor. And, and as the conversation went, I have to admit that there was opportunity that I know that I probably could have and should have shared the gospel, and I didn't. You see, at that moment, I was thinking, well, I was rationalizing in my mind. I thought, well, you know, I don't want to be that stereotype that they're, they're afraid of, and I don't want to, I want to get to know them better. Uh, I don't want to come across as a Bible thumper. Uh, I want to get this conversation going further down the road. I just started to rationalize, 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 and then the opportunity was gone. And I realized afterwards that I was, had the fear of man that overwhelmed my heart, that kept me from boldly proclaiming the gospel when I knew I should have. Instead of trusting in the sovereignty of God that he had placed us together there for, for that purpose, instead of trusting in the power of God to save, I responded in fear instead of faith. But we all know, if we read our Bibles, that we know that we are all called to share the gospel that instructs every Christian that we should engage in evangelism. And I hope today through the scripture that the Lord would convict me and encourage me better, but also all of us, that we might be more faithful in having gospel conversations. We know that the Bible teaches us that, but there's many of us fear or step back from sharing the gospel. What are some reasons that you might do so? Do you think that, oh, well, it's the, the pastor's job in the church to do that? 
Do you think, well, maybe it's the extroverts in the church that God has kind of given that, that role or that job to? Maybe you function, uh, you act as a functioning universalist. You won't say it, but you act in a way that you think, well, God's just going to save everybody in the end and it'll all work out. Or maybe you're embarrassed of the work of God and his goodness and righteousness to judge and convict sinners in judgment of their sin. Whatever the reason is, we must answer those fears with the truth of the scriptures. Hear my heart this morning, brother and sister. I don't want to come with a stick. I want to come that you might hear the word of God and be encouraged to number one, that you should repent. I need to repent. That if there is something in God's word that it tells us to do and we don't do it, then we know that we need to repent, that we need to agree with God that it was wrong, and then we need to agree with God to be more faithful and obey him. But secondly, we need to be reminded in God's word that what he calls us and commands us to do, he also gives us the power and the ability to obey. That he has sent us out with the spirit and his authority that he has given us his sovereign plan, that he has given us the encouragement of brothers and sisters who are praying for us. Be reminded this morning that God is sovereign. And even in the times that you are more concerned that you might mess up the presentation, that God is not reliant on you. He saves through his gospel. And if you mess up the ABCs of becoming a Christian and go to ACBs, then you will be okay, and God will still use it. That it's okay to understand that it doesn't give us the, the excuse to not share the gospel, but the same gospel that we share gives us the grace to know that we are forgiven when we fail and that we don't do it. And that we know that don't, that God loves us and forgives us. We need to be reminded this morning that we know God's will and God's way in this area of our lives, that we must be faithful in sharing the gospel. And as a church body, we know that we are calling each other to take the next steps in our walk towards Christ. And maybe that's in your life to be more faithful evangelist, uh, be more faithful in sharing the gospel. We believe at Hebrew Baptist Church that we must be faithful in taking every opportunity to multiply through gospel conversations, whether it's through a family friend, uh, through a family member, that God puts someone in our path in our work or school or someone that God gives us contact with throughout the week, we need to be more faithful in taking our everyday conversations to gospel conversations and be a part of God's plan to save people from their sin. Well, in this passage, there are four keys 
for multiplying through gospel conversation. Four keys. Number one, if you're taking notes, grab every opportunity to speak about Jesus. Grab every opportunity to speak about Jesus. Now, we begin in our verses that, that Paul uh, walks through or travels through Macedonia. And uh, if you remember, let me just catch you up where we are in the book of Acts after Paul was saved and he was wondering where he was supposed to go that he had planned and wanted to go to Asia, which would be more modern Turkey area. But, but there, he received a vision, and there was a man uh, from Macedonia saying, come and speak to us, come and save us. And so Paul felt that and knew that that was from the Lord, and so that's where he went. And so here he is traveling through Macedonia, and in one of his stops here at Philippi, he goes down to the river, because as, as Christians, as Jewish Christians, they practiced there in the Sabbath worshiping, and they went down to pray, surprisingly in this big city, that there was no synagogue, but so they wanted to go down to pray and to worship. And surprisingly, they found a group of women who were there worshiping and praying as well. And in that, they shared the gospel, and Lydia came to faith. Paul and his companions had several reasons that they did not have to be faithful in sharing the gospel. When they pulled up to the river or walked up to the river, they could have said, you know, I've got more important things to do. I'm just going to worship, and I'm not going to make conversation. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to worship God and move on. There, there was also the matter of, of, of women in that culture and going to them and, 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 and talking to them about important spiritual matters. They, he could have just sloughed it off, said, oh, no, you know, I'll just wait and we'll say, you know, some other person will, will get saved and, sh and share the gospel to these women. There was a lot of different excuses that he could have made to not share the gospel, but he knew that God, he had prayed where to go, that God had sent him where to go, that he had an opportunity to share the gospel, and so he did it. He grabbed hold of every opportunity that he had to share the gospel. And in this, we must be reminded that there might be many reasons that we might come up with and speculate or try to change our minds, but in it we know that we must take every advantage to share the gospel God gives us. Now we know that there are people out there that are preppers and preparing for emergencies. That they stockpile extra rations, water, uh, uh, ways to have medical supplies, that energy uh, uh, generator. They, they're all prepared. What would happen to them is they know that they are geared up, ready to go at a moment's notice. But what would happen if the whole county went to dark and, and no communication? What would happen, do you think, if what the preppers would do? They say, um, not, I'm not going to engage in using any of this stuff. I'm going to wait for it to get worse. I'm just going to hold off. All this stuff that I've been preparing my whole life for, preparing for, for emergencies or urgent, urgent matters, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hold off and wait. They wouldn't do that, right? 
I mean, that's what they've been waiting for. They are, they are ready to engage when there's an emergency. They are going to go down, get their supplies, turn on the radios, do everything that they need to do because they know that it's an urgent matter and it's time to, re to react. Brothers and sisters, we know that we must take advantage of every opportunity because sharing the gospel is an urgent matter because someone's eternity hangs in the balance. And we know that because of what God's word reveals to us, that every person, every human has an issue with sin and are facing judgment for that. Revelation 2015 says, and everyone whose name was not written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. We understand scripture. We know that apart from Christ, those will be sentenced to separation from God for all eternity and punished in hell. And we must provide with them the hope of Jesus. We have the way and we must share. Peter, in 1 Peter it says, But in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Brothers and sisters, we must be urgent and we must take advantage and grab every opportunity. Lately, and I agree with much that is written today that talks about in this culture, building a relationship is vital in sharing the gospel. That people want to know how much you love them so that they that they can hear and have the ground of hearing the gospel. That they know how much you uh, care so they can know how much you know about Jesus, right? But it is not an either or on this matter. It is not that you must wait weeks and days to build a relationship. When someone is dying and going to hell, we must share the gospel now. So every opportunity, whether we've built a relationship or not, we must share the gospel, even if it's someone we meet for a short time. Because if we understand that apart from the gospel, no one can be saved, and if the sovereignty of God, that he has put us in a place beside a lost person who needs to hear the gospel, then we know that those two things come together, that we must be bold and share. This is not either or. This is not strategy. This is just doing what God has called us to do when we have the opportunity. So have you? And that's the question we must ask ourselves. You say today that you've taken advantage of, of opportunities to share the gospel. Are there, are there people that God has put in your life regularly that you have not shared the gospel with? To take advantage of sharing the gospel with people who uh, you must give, get into deep relationship with them. But you also have many opportunities just through our gospel to every home or, or a conversation that you have with your with your. Uh, your hairstylist, you know, anyway, uh, or, or the person that works on your car or your neighbor or, or whoever. We know the time is near. Therefore, it's urgent to take advantage of every gospel opportunity that you have. And if you're not around people who don't know the Lord, 
then it's time to take a serious look at your calendar and look for opportunities to be able to engage people who are not saved. Maybe different groups, maybe different people. We must take this urgent, this advantage, of, and take advantage of every opportunity. So when you have the opportunity, number two, guide your conversation to the gospel. Guide your conversation to the gospel. As Paul and his team were talking to the women, Lydia, who was a prominent businesswoman, was amongst the women. She was understanding of the ways of Judaism and was looking and praying uh, in that way, looking for some spiritual matter. As it says, she was a God-fearing woman. But we see that Paul and his team shared clearly the gospel, that she was baptized in his name, and she responded in faith. Now, how do we know that, she, that he did this? We don't want to make the argument for silence because it's not really particularly laid out in here. Well, here in Acts chapter 16, there are three back-to-back -back evangelism stories that Paul used to share the gospel. That in Lydia's conversion, there was a slave girl who was possessed, and then, uh, and then there was a, 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 the midnight deliverance from the prison guard. And in that story of the prison guard, in Acts chapter 16, uh, the, the walls were shaken, the doors were open, but Paul and Silas stayed. And it says in verse 29, the jailer called for the lights, rushed in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He escorted them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Paul and Silas did not beat around the bush. They went straight to the gospel message that is the only way to save. Believe in Jesus, who he is, what he did, and be saved. This is the message that we must put before people because it is the only message that saves. John Stott observed about evangelism. He says in evangelism, our chief and overriding responsibility is to point people to Jesus. And every evangelistic proclamation, the wisest evangelists keep bringing the conversation back to the person and to the work of Jesus Christ. So brothers and sisters, when we say have a gospel conversation, we're not saying just have a somewhat spiritual talk. We're not saying just maybe talk about things that are good in the world. We are saying talk clearly about Jesus and what he did for us. Now, how does that go? Well, first, when you have a gospel conversation, you need to turn the conversation to spiritual matters. How can you do that? There's a lot of resources and things and training that we've even done about this, but use things that you know. Use things that you observe. Talk about the brokenness in the world. That's an easy way to turn the conversation to the gospel. Say, hey, did you see what happened on the news last night? Boy, I, I was coming into work over here to Cincinnati, and you know, there was a car wreck. And boy, that really, uh, you know, every time I pass a car wreck, I just start praying as I'm driving for those people. And then, and then what you do as you start to think through that, then you say, hey, have you ever thought about what happens at the end of life? Or, hey, what did you do this weekend? Well, you know, I, I went to the soccer game, and I went to this one. Oh, can I tell you what I did? 
Yeah, I went to the soccer game and I watched, uh, I watched the Bengals play, but you know what? Sunday I went to church. And that's so important to me and my family. You know, another way that you can turn the gospel conversation is just very simple. You hear something that's going on and say, hey, can I pray for you? And talk to them about that. But then the key is the transition. Ask a question. In that first scenario I laid out, say, hey, do you mind I tell you what I think happens at the end of life? Or, hey, can I tell you why going to church is important to me and my family? Or, hey, do you know why I know that I can pray for you? And can I tell you why I believe in prayer? And then, as you turn that conversation, you make a beeline to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That you trust in the, the, the truth of the gospel that saves. When you share the gospel, make sure that these five elements are a part of what you share. You might share the three circles as we often uh, do here in, in church, and that's do that. You might know the Romans road. Do that. You might, whatever way, but you need to make sure that you share the biblical saving gospel. What is that? What are those five elements? Well, number one, that you talk about God, that he is the creator of the world and that he is the Lord, the one whom we answer to. We talk about man, that we are created by God, that we look to him, that we have a problem because we are connected to God, that we have a hole in our heart that only God fills and, and that, it, that, we, that we relate only to God and to follow him. But we talk about sin, that we are all sinners. And because of our sin, we are eternally forever separated from God. That none of us are righteousness, not one of us. That we are separated from God for all eternity. And that we have no hope of being with him in heaven. But then we get to share the really good news, right? We share about Jesus Christ. That God himself cared so much about us that he himself, God came as Jesus Christ and lived a perfect life and died on the cross for our sake, for our sin, that he went to the grave and was dead for three days. But because he paid for our sin, God righteously raised him to life. And now he lives in heaven and that those who trust in his name are forever saved and forever forgiven. And here's one last thing. Always invite them to repent and believe. Invite them to what the Bible says. Turn from your way and trust in God. Believe in who he is and trust his work is the only way that you might be saved. Whatever gospel presentation you use, make sure those elements and those key points are in there because it is the biblical gospel. And friend, if you're here today, and you heard that, or maybe you're watching at home right now, it is not by accident that you're here. If you don't know Christ, you've just heard a gospel that saves. And today could be the day of your salvation. Today, if you turn and trust in Christ, a God who loves you, who provided a way for you and your sins to be paid for, a love that is never-ending, a love that you can accept by faith, 
then you, today you can be saved. This gospel saves and saved me and saves others and can save you today. Brothers and sisters, if you, don't, if you have an opportunity to have a deeper conversation with someone, please don't shy away. Get to Jesus. And when you do, draw the net. When I say that, it means pull it up. Ask people. Come to a part of response. Ask them, what's keeping you from trusting Jesus today? Would you like to trust Jesus today? Could you trust in the gospel today? Ask them to respond to the gospel. Give them the truth about his son. The good news is that we have good news to share with the dying world. And that when we do share the good news, and when we're faithful to share the gospel, number three, God does the saving. You obey by sharing. God does the saving. You obey and share. This passage gives us confidence to know that it is God who is doing all the work. It is God who is working things out. And as we sang, God is mighty to save. And he is the only one doing that. Can we just take a step back and think about this story? That God, in his sovereign plan, directed Paul to Macedonia, to the riverside, to save Lydia, that we know by the scriptures that Lydia is, uh, is vital in the work of the early church, that one day when we read the book, one of Paul's letters, that Lydia is there in Rome with him, encouraging him and the church there. That God used Paul to save Lydia in his sovereign plan. But also, remember what Paul wanted to do? Paul wanted to go to Asia and share with those there. Lydia got her name from a providence in Asia of Lydia. What was Paul's plan? Go to Asia. What was God's plan? Go to Macedonia and save someone from Asia. That is God at work. That God is directing you so you know that if God brings you to your neighbor, to your friend, to a co-worker, to a friend at the locker, that you know God has directed this time for you to be confident in sharing the gospel. But two, that we know that it is God that worked to bring salvation. Verse 14, the Lord opened her heart to respond to what Paul is saying. Friends, God brings dead people to life. God brings light into the darkness. God works through our hearts to save us, that we might come to faith. And it is clear that we need to know that it is our role to share the gospel. But praise be to God that it is He who does the saving. That it's, this should give us and free us with confidence to share the gospel. Because it's not up to words, it's not up to our slick presentation. As a matter of fact, the Bible doesn't say that it is only by the slick presentation, it's not by a certain method, it's not by smoke machines, it's not by craftiness, it's only the gospel of Jesus Christ in which the Spirit of God saves someone that saves. So it gives us confidence to share the message that we know that we must be part of God's plan, that we obey and God does the work. 
that we know that we're part of a different, a bigger plan. That as God, as God works, the one time that we share the gospel might not be the time that that person comes to faith, but we're part of God's plan in saving people, amen? As I was reminded in my life group this week, great illustration by my life group leader this week, that when we make a, a cake, that every one of us has a certain part to play. There are different ingredients. Some of us are the eggs, some of us are flowers. I'm the sugar because I'm so sweet. Some of you even can be vanilla and share the gospel. But God puts it all together and brings people to faith in Jesus Christ. We are reminded that it is, there is a, a lot that we don't know about the difference between God's sovereignty and human responsibility. But we are pretty clear in the area of salvation and evangelism. What is our part? Be obedient and share the gospel. 2 Corinthians 5.20 Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. And then God, through his power, saves and brings people to faith. So what is it? How do we know? What is the roles? Well, let's look at those. Our job and our joy is sharing the gospel. God's job and God's joy is granting faith in the gospel. So brother and sister, to overwhelm your fear with the good news and truth of the scriptures, that you can faithfully, obediently, and joyfully share the gospel. That it is joyous to know that we are part of God's plan to redeem the world. It's overwhelming to know that little old me and little old you can just play a sliver of what God does in growing his kingdom. It's amazing to know that we see our friends and our family who are far from God be brought near. And it's only through God's work through us. So friends, Let's do our part. Let's be faithful. Let's obey. And let's be in joy as we do our part in sharing the gospel. And since all this is true, number four, get involved in the lives of people around you. Get involved in the lives of people around you. As we see in this example, Paul and his team engaged with Lydia and the women by the river. They engaged in their lives so that they might tell them the gospel. Later at the end, she says, if you consider me a believer, come to my home. The whole household is saved, all of them, because they are willing to engage in people's lives around them. Brothers and sisters, we must be engaged and invest in people around us for the sake of the gospel. 
We must love others. We must draw people. We must ask people to our homes or ask them to coffee or serve them the next time it snows and, and shovel their driveway. Do things that you can invest in someone's life. Mentor them at work so that you might mentor them to succeed but have a personal conversation that they might grow and know Jesus Christ. Brother and sister, I encourage you that if this is a struggle for you, that you might pray today and ongoing that you would have the compassion and heart of Jesus. As Jesus said in, in Matthew 9, 36, when he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. Brothers and sisters, when we look out at our world, we should never stand on a pedestal and look down as though they are undeserving or that we're better. Because without God's grace in our life, we would be lost as well. And instead, it is our compassion, it is the love of God that comes to us that we might see and we might know why are people distressed and dejected? Right now, brothers and sisters, there is so much depression and dejection in the world, separation of people, things that are going on with COVID. It has just ramped up every other thing that they're going through. And we see them and what we should see. How, how are they how are they making such poor decisions? How, how far are they away? Instead, we should say, oh, they're just a sheep without a shepherd. Thank God I know my shepherd. Thank God I know he's been walking with me. I want them to know the same shepherd that I know. I want them to see the beauty of Jesus. So we need to look at people around us, those in our neighborhood, in our school. Talk to the waiters and waitresses that serve you in the restaurants. You have opportunities to invest in the lives of many people. And so it's vital that you do three things. Invest, invite, and include. Invest in people's lives. Pour into them. Know them. Invite them to Jesus. Invite them to a relationship with Jesus. Invite them to be with other believers. Invite them to the church. And when you do, you include them in your life, include them in your life group, include them with other believers. You know, we do that regularly here at Hebron Baptist. How, how many testimonies have we had that we've shared in video or just in conversation that someone's came and they, they, someone met them at the door, invited them to lunch, invited them to a life group, invited them to their home, and they found a home in Jesus, or they found a home at Hebron Baptist Church. The good news is in all of this that we don't have to do this alone. We have each other. And evangelism is a team sport, not an individual one that we get brothers and sisters in Christ to help us along the way. Just this past two weeks, well, it's been several weeks now, 
one of our church members connected me with somebody that they had met through their neighborhood Facebook page. They connected me and their fiance and they met together and we've met together and praise God, she trusted in Christ through this connection. And now she's going to their life group and being discipled further. Brothers and sisters, that happened together. That works together. Because there are people in your life I will never in a million years get to meet unless you connect them with me. There are people in your life that we might not ever get to church, but they still need Jesus. So we need to make sure that we are being encouraged to do this together. And this is our heart of our 2022 challenge. Who are the next two in 2022? Who are the next two? Who are the next two people that you're going to invite to Jesus Christ by sharing the gospel with them? Who are the next two people that you're going to invite to church? Who are the next two people that you're going to invite to a life group? Who's the next two people that you're going to have a gospel meal with? And next week, you're going to learn a whole lot more about inviting two people into a discipleship group, a degree with you that you might grow in Jesus. Today, as you leave, you're going to get one of our wristbands for the year that reminds you this. Now, I, I want to remind you again that this wristband is not the magic of the Lord. I have not taken it to uh, the Jordan River, and, and we haven't put them in there, and, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's just going to work because you're wearing them. The reason for the wristband is to remind you to obey and remind you who the next two people that you're going to invite or have a gospel conversation with. Now, prayerfully, someone might see it and ask about it, right? Well, boy, you don't have to go into any, you know, icebreaker or anything else. You just say, hey, can I tell you? They've already given you permission to explain about it. So you just, boom, you go right to Jesus at that point, right? Well, praise God about that. But this is to remind you of your faithfulness it's important that we do this. Over the last three years, we've been counting our connections with Jesus. Well, in 2019, we had 252 connections with other people. Isn't that exciting? In this box are people that we have invited to church or invited, invited to life groups or shared the gospel with. That's, that's awesome. Well, in the midst of a pandemic, this looks smaller, but man, praise God for this, right? Half the year we were in homes, we couldn't talk to people. We, had, we, were, you know, we were wearing you know, suits, protective suits, and all sorts of things. But look, God was at work, and you were talking and connecting with people. But praise be to God. Look at what happened last year. Look at this. And just a reminder, this is 382 connections with people. The blues are invitations to church. I don't remember the other colors, but I know the whites. <laughs> I was going to try to do it by memory. But look at all those gospel conversations in there. Praise God. Amen. 
we did more? What if I had to bring up here a wagon? What would God do if we were faithful in what God has called us to do? In 2022, what would be the next two? And when you reach the next two, that doesn't mean you've met your, met your quota. It's actually to be a challenge for you to say, well, then who's the next two? And who's the next two? What if by God's grace, we had a thousand connections this year in 2022? People sharing the gospel, inviting to church, inviting to life group, inviting to gospel meals, and coming together in D groups. What would God do in your life, in your friends' lives, in your family's lives? What would he do in our church? What would he do in our community if we were faithful in this? Brother and sister, join me in this. Pray about this. Spend time in your life groups praying. Pray this in your daily prayer. God, help us all. Help me. Help, help us as a church to connect with people with the gospel. And let's see what God will do in 2022. Let me just leave you with this. Because we need to be challenged to have these gospel conversations and invites to church. Mark Dever said, We do not fail in our evangelism if we faithfully tell the gospel to someone who isn't subsequently converted. We only, we fail only if we do not fail faithfully tell the gospel at all brother and sister may we do our part to share the gospel that saves let us pray heavenly father we are so thankful this morning for your challenge to us but know that it's not just something that we will remember or that we will feel convicted about and never do but god i pray that you would put it in our hearts that we would be faithful in this matter and watch you work that, God, you would use our faithfulness to expand your kingdom, bring people to Jesus. And, God, I pray as you, as you promise that if we do our part, you are faithful to save. So, God, I pray and commit, commit this to you, to our church, to each family, to each person, that we would commit to sharing gospel conversations and taking every opportunity that we would take every opportunity to invite someone to church or to our life group but god that you would find us faithful god we are thankful for this call but more importantly to know that we aren't going alone we have your power through the holy spirit we have your authority through jesus christ who saves we have our brothers and sisters in Christ to go with us, help us, encourage us, and walk along with us. We're thankful for this. God, find us faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, Pastor. <clears throat> Let's stand as we sing our, our closing hymn of, of response. This is the interactive part uh, at the end of the service. The question that I have for you is, is what are you going to do? You heard the, the message. What are you going to do with it?
Jesus, I love Thee, I know Thou art mine. For Thee all the follies of sin I resign. My gracious
Well, I'm excited because we're one week away from our mentoring conference and Dr. Chuck Lawless. Next Friday night, 7 to 8.30, and then next, uh, the next morning, uh, 9 to 11.30, uh, we'll be equipped, trained, and encouraged in how we might get with two other people with our Bibles and, and grow in our faith together. And so next week, we hope that you'll join us next Friday night, Saturday morning. Uh, there is child care provided, and so we hope that you'll join us. And then Dr. Lawless will kind of, the great finale will be on Sunday morning. So we don't want you to miss Friday and Saturday because that is the equipping time. That is the time we go in detail. And so we hope that you'll be part of this next week. Also, just to mark your calendars for Women on Mission, that's next week as well. Uh, and so um, they'll discuss a meal for the Turfway Backslider, excuse me, uh, as they provide a meal for that. And so I hope they're not backsliders. We hope they're uh, the backsliders. But we know that there's a great faithful gospel ministry going on to them. And uh, so we hope that they will come to Christ through that ministry. Uh, there's also a family skate night, February 7th. Uh, that's the same weekend next Monday. And so it's over an independent skate. We hope that all families will come. And uh, that you will uh, bring your kids, that, that we'll have a great time, maybe invite someone to come along with you to get connected to your church family or life group or whoever you've been inviting to church. And, and maybe just say, hey, if you just want to see my pastor on wheels, uh, that would be worth the price of admission. We'll see if my insurance is paid up first. Uh, in your bulletins is a calendar. We hope that you got one of those. That way you can plan your next six months uh, at church and make sure that you and your family are together. Uh, if you do not get one, there's extras out there if you'd like another one. Also, on your way out, the, the uh, ushers or greeters have uh, the wristband, so we encourage you to grab one on your way out and wear that as it challenges you uh, to invite someone to Christ, invite someone to church, invite someone to life group, invite them to a gospel meal, or invite them into a discipleship relationship. So do those things and be challenged in that. And when you do, make sure you drop a ping pong in our go tell board out there. And we're just tracking it. We can pray and encourage each other as we see God work through us. And so make sure you do that today uh, as you leave. And, and of course, every week as you're faithful in doing so. Uh, today, if you're a guest, we hope to meet you at the Next Steps desk for your gift. Uh, and uh, glad that you are here today. And, and the rest of you, we pray that you have a great week and you allow God to use you wherever you go. God bless.